Vacation Bible School was a wonderful joy. I've heard someone tell me how much they appreciate what I did, but I'm tell you, I can't do it by myself. We actually had 31 volunteers, and some even working behind the scenes that you ever saw. If you helped us in any way in Vacation Bible School, will you stand up? You guys are awesome. The reason it could be a success is for volunteers that love Jesus and love teaching boys and girls about the kingdom of God. Now, I had five days to give them each lesson. You're going to get five days' lessons in the next 30 minutes. Pastor Dave told me I had 30 minutes, and that's it. Okay. We're on Mystery Island. We have our island right here. Can you bring up the island? We have a treasure map here. We start it right here. We follow through Chameleon Cave. And I'm going to stop right there because we have a story we learned there. The Bible tells us that the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 17 was in the city of Athens on Greece, which is also an island. He was waiting for two of his friends to show up. Boys and girls, are you sitting them straight? Hands folded, not being quiet and still. And while he was in the city, he started wandering around, and he started finding idols of all sorts of kind, like this bird. It wasn't just one. It, the whole city was filled with idols. Paul was so sad. He wanted to tell them about Jesus, but they worshipped birds, all sorts of things. As he's walking through the city, he came to an altar to an unknown God. They had so many gods, they made up an altar just in case we missed one to the unknown God. Paul said, what an opportunity. I can use that to tell them about Jesus. And this is exactly what we did in Vacation Bible School this week. Boys and girls, do you remember how we talked about how Paul was sad, very sad, because they believed in so many different gods, but they didn't believe in the one true God. So he said, you have an altar to the unknown God. Let me tell you about him. And he said, Jesus is the Son of God, the one and only Son of God. He loved us so much that he died on the cross and paid for our sins. But not only did he die, he was buried and he rose again. And these people in Athens went, ha <laughs> that's funny. We've never heard anything about that. You're telling us about a God we don't even know nothing about. Over the course of a few days, he was telling them all, wherever he went in the marketplace that Jesus is the one God. They brought him up to a rocky place, the Areopagus, and said, we want to learn more. And Paul told them the whole complete story about Jesus. Some laughed. Some said, we would like to know more. But there were others who said, I want to know this true God right now. Boys and girls, looking up front, I want you to hear what Jesus wants you to hear. Can you bring up our first teaching poster? Paul up at the area office, is telling 
all the, the learned people about the true God. Some believed, some didn't. Now, I have a friend. Some of you have never met my friend unless because you, you're not in worship their way. But I'm going to bring up our friend who's going to help us. Dum dum. Dum 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 dum. Dum dum. Aloha, Pastor Michael. Aloha, everyone. Hello, Dum Dum. I had so much fun at Vacation Bible School. It was cool, wasn't it? Yes. I got to play in the water, and I got to learn all about the ocean and the animals that lived in the ocean. And I had so much fun playing in the water and the sand by the ocean. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. What do you like to do in the ocean, Pastor Michael? Well, I'm at the ocean. I'm at an island. The thing I like to do best is I like to hang tin. Hang tin? What is that? Do you ever surf? Uh, no. I live in Wyoming. The waves are not very big here. <laughs> it's a long way to paddle for that first wave in Wyoming. <laughs> Pastor Michael has surfed. When you surf, you get up on your board, when you're stable enough, you can walk forward and you can hang 10 toes over the end. Now, the key to that, don't lean forward because you're going to wipe out. You're just going to lean back. And you can ride that wave hanging 10 toes over the board. It's really cool. 10 toes? I don't even know if I have 10 toes. Let me count them. One, two, five, seven, up. Nope, I only have seven. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, <laughs> okay, dumb dumb. All right, dumb dumb. I don't think I can hang. Okay. Through. All right. I don't want to talk about <laughs> 10 toes, okay? All right. I have, I'm thinking about a different number. You have a different number? Yes, what, I am. What number are you thinking? Right here. Five, seven, two. Number one. Number one. That is good. I can count to one. Numero uno. Okay. The one and only. Yes, that's right. W-U-N. One. That, that's not how you spell one, but I think we get the idea. Oh. One. But I'm not talking about just one. It, it, it wouldn't work to hang one toe off of the surfboard, because then you would fall off. Or maybe I could just hang my pinky toe off of the surfboard. Would okay. that work? That would be quite a trick, huh? Okay, I'm, I'm not talking about toes. Then what are you talking about? I'm talking about God. What does God have to do with pinky toes? Boys and girls, can you help Dum Dum out? What does number one remind you about God? Gloria. Okay, and there's how many gods? One true God. Oh, I have a friend who believes in a lot of gods, Pastor Michael. Well, there's only one true God, dum-dum. People have believed in many different gods, just like in Apostle Paul's time where uh, they believed in uh, Zeus and Kronos and Nike, they were not really God. Oh, were they, they were not real gods? No, dumb, dumb, there's only one true God. Oh, I believe that. Well, dumb, dumb, 
People throughout the t- all time have made up gods in their own mind, okay? And they may not worship a, a statue made of gold and call it God, but they might have wrong ideas about God. And a wrong idea is like making up a God of your own choosing, okay? You know, some people believe that God wants everybody to be rich or that the God in heaven doesn't care about us on this earth. Or they believe that you have to be so good to be able to go to heaven. Those are all wrong ideas. Oh, well, I I do not want to believe wrong ideas about God. How do I learn what is true about God? Boys and girls, where can Dum Dum learn about the true God? Everybody tell me. I'm sorry, I were hearing that. You got to say real. The Bible. Boys and girls, if it's in the Bible, it's what? Can God tell a lie? Dumb, dumb. In the Bible, we find out about the true God. Oh, I have a Bible. I want to learn about what's true about God. My Bible has pictures. Okay. That's good. I I, I want to go learn what's true about God. See ya. Oh, I forgot to say goodbye. Goodbye, Pastor Michael. Goodbye, everyone. Bye, Dum-Dum. Goodbye, goodbye. Bye. 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 Sometimes he gets me off track. All right, we started in our first journey. We talked about um, Paul in Athens. We went into the Chameleon Cave. We have an animal pal every day that helped us remind us the story. Can you bring up our first animal pal? We have chameleon, Cam the chameleon. Now, we found out in science class that the crystals in the skin of the chameleon allow it to change color. Uh, it could be green, it could be blue, it could be multicolor. But you know what? Cam the chameleon reminds me, though he can change, God never changes. Boys and girls, did you hear that? Does God change? No, God does not change. Well, at every stop, there's something hitting. As we get to Chameleon Cave, can anybody tell me what this is right here? Hope. And number one reminds us of how many guys there are? One God. On day two, we left Chameleon Cave. We came on down to the Octopus Inlet. And every day we have an object to remind us of the lesson. Now, the Octopus Inlet, what does this look like? The letter O. Now, do you remember this? The letter, it was up there, that's right, Hope, but we brought it back down on stage so everybody could see it. There are three big words that remind us of who God is. The first word is omnipresent, that God is everywhere at the what? Same time, you got it. And then the next few words, first of all, we have that God is omnipotent or omnipotent. I'm just saying that so you hear the omni, which means all. He says that God is all-powerful. Not only is he omniscient, he knows everything. Not only is he uh, omnipotent or omnipotent, he's all-powerful. 
He's everywhere all the time. As we talked about that, we came to the story of Jonah. Now, some of you adults, you might have heard the story of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, right, boys and girls? God spoke to the prophet Jonah. He said, Jonah, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh. Nineveh was not a nice place. People were kind of mean. God said, I want you to go over to Nineveh. Everybody point over to Nineveh. He says, I want you to go tell them that unless they stop being mean, I'm going to judge them. And Nineveh said, I don't like those people. They're mean and they do all sorts of bad things. They don't even like you. They're going to hurt me. I don't want to go to Nineveh. And so instead of going to Nineveh, what did Jonah do? He went the opposite way. He got on a ship, and he says, I'm getting far away from Nineveh as I can, and he's heading to a place called Tarshish. Are you sitting up straight? Hands pointing up, being quiet and still. Now, if you were in our younger grades, you remember we had a a boat up on the stage, and we got on the boat, and what did Jonah do when he got in the boat? What did he do? Raise your hand. He went to sleep. I'm running away from God. I'm just going to snooze right here. This is a great cruise ship. And while the ship is sailing, God sent this horrible storm. And the waves were coming over the ship. The rain was coming down. It was thunder and lightning. And the sailors were doing everything they can to stay afloat. They thought they were going to drown, right? They're going, what are we going to do? They're going to pray to your God. You pray to your God. We've got to have help here. We're going to die here. And they looked over, and what's Jonah doing? They found him sleeping, right? They went, Jonah, wake up. Pray to your God, because if you don't pray, we're all going to die. And when Jonah opened his eyes, and he saw the storm. He said, it's my fault. I'm disobeying God, and he's judging me because I didn't do what he asked me to do. He says, I know how you can save yourselves. you got to throw me overboard. So everybody take your imaginary Jonah, even you, Chris, you got to get your imaginary Jonah, okay, and throw him overboard. Ready? And when Jonah went in the water, instantly the storm stopped. They're like, oh God, don't be mad at us because we threw over Jonah. We did what he asked us to do, but obviously you're a God that even controls the sea. First of all, we learned that God was almighty. And the second one, we learned, well, the first one we learned is great. Secondly, he's almighty. He can do anything. When Jonah hit the water, God created a great fish. I don't know what type of fish it was. Some people say it was a whale. It could have been a guppy as far as I know. But God made it a great fish. And what did he do with Jonah? He swallowed him up. Now, to help him illustrate to the boys and girls how awful it could have been inside that fish, I brought a can of sardines. I didn't bring them here today because of what I did on Tuesday. I said, Jonah was in the whale or fish or whatever it was for three days. And I said, now imagine that. Being inside the, the fish, he had, probably had fish guts all over him. He might have had seaweed hanging out of his ear. And I took the can of sardines and I opened it up. I'm in the sanctuary and the smell filled the sanctuary. And I had boys and girls that were dry heaving. 
I said, can you imagine having this? I took one of the sardines and I smeared it all over my hand. And I put it under their nose. And I said, would you like to smell like that? And they're like, no, Pastor Michael. I said, you know, right? Jonah was felt pretty bad. And he's inside that whale or fish or whatever this was. He said, God, I'm sorry. I disobeyed you. I should have obeyed you. If you just forgive me, I will do what you ask me to do. And then Jonah experienced the first automatic ejection system. You know what he was? God said, fish, spew them out. And the fish went, Bleh! and there's Jonah. Wow. Now, can you imagine Jonah when he got off the shore, when he goes to Nineveh, he'd been in the, in the fish for three days, he smelt like sardines, he looked really nasty. His skin would have been bleached white because of the acid. And he walks up there and he says, stop doing what you're doing. Repent. I don't know about you. If I saw someone look like that and they told me to repent, I would probably repent, okay? So the first day we learned that God is great. On the second day, we learned that God is almighty, Right? We had our three O's, that God's omniscient, uh, omnipresent, omnipotent. And we left Octopus Inlet. We came around over here to the Great White Gulf. Now, in every one of these, there's something hidden. Can anybody tell me what this looks like right here? Okay, Paisley. A crown. We had the story from Isaiah chapter 6. Now, for some people, this was hard to understand, so I tried to put it down on their level. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, Isaiah has his vision. Isaiah was also a prophet like Jonah. And he's in the temple. The Bible says, in the year that Uzziah died, say Uzziah. I'm sorry, say Uzziah. It's a weird name, right? Well, it says, to give it a time reference, in the year that Uzziah died, Isaiah looked up. He saw God. God was in the temple. So, imagine this. Isaiah has his vision. And the day that Uzziah died, boys and girls, what happens when a person dies? Do you remember? Uzziah died. Do I have someone willing to show me? No? Okay, Daniel, come on up here. All right. Uzziah died. But God is alive. Jump up. Isaiah looked up and he saw the throne of God. Now kings and queens, they sit on thrones. So you have to look heavenward. See the throne of the Lord. You got it? All right. Not only did he see the throne of the Lord, but he saw that the robe that God wore was so big it filled the temple. Now we talked about how big is a long robe, okay? So I need you to stand right here. Need help? You got it. There you go. Now Isaiah had had this uh, vision that he looked up 
Look up to heaven. He saw God. God's alive, right? He's not dead, is he? He was sitting on his what? And his robe filled the temple. Now imagine a robe so long, its sleeve starts here, it goes out these doors here. It goes down the stairs here, downstairs. Okay. It goes down into the fellowship hall. It goes through the New Life Center. And then out the back doors and down into the bottom of the kids' home. Is that a big robe? Isaiah said, he looked up and he saw the robe of God and it filled the temple. Now our poem, to help us remember that, he looked heavenward, and he saw the Lord's throne, the throne of the Lord, right? Then, boys and girls, are you sitting up straight? Are you listening to what Jesus wants you to hear? He said, his robe covered the globe. Wow. And he said, I saw seraphim. Now, these are a special type of angels. They had six wings. With two wings, they covered their face. You've got to cover your face. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they flew. So show me how an angel flies. Okay. The, our poem to help us remember this, that angels fly, show me fly, and they cover their eyes. Just got to cover your eyes. And then he heard the angel say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So, our poem to help us remember this was holy, holy, holy. Say holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. holy. The angels heard a word. The angels heard a word. Must be an important word. Must be an important word. So in Isaiah's vision, he saw that God was a holy God. He was The ruler, he was the king. Now, for some of our classes, we did a song, Who's the King of the Jungle? Now, you weren't in that class. We've done it a couple times down in uh, Worship Their Way, right? Okay. Who's the king of the jungle? Ready? Ooh, ooh. Who's the king of the sea? Ba, 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 ba. I didn't hear you say that. Okay. Okay, who's the king of the jungle? Who, who? Somebody, gorilla? You got to say it too. Who, who? Who's the king of this seat? Baba, baba, baba. Who's the king of the universe? And who's the king of me? I tell you, J E S U S. He is the king of me. He is the king of the jungle, or universe. He's the king of me. Ooh, ooh. Baba, baba, baba. Have a seat. Ah! Now, Miss Joanne told me that I shouldn't sing because I can't sing, but that's okay. We learned that God is the ruler. Can you bring up our Isaiah poster? Uh, one back, one back. Uzziah died, God is alive. Look heavenward, throne of the Lord. Temple the, with robe could fill the globe. Angels fly, they cover their eyes. Holy was heard, super important word. The end of the verse says that his God's glory fills the earth. Tell your story about God's glory. What has God done to you? Boys and girls, I, this was just day three. We came to day four. Oh, oh, sorry, we have an animal shark. 
animal pal. Bring up Clark the shark. Clark the shark, maybe the king of the sea. When we got over here, the great white gulf, a great white is considered the king of the sea. You know why? They eat anything, okay? But it reminds us that God is king overall. God is ruler. Then when we left the great white gulf, we followed around over the jellyfish lagoon. Now, this has got a symbol here. Can anybody see what this symbol is? It's a heart. Every day we had something to remind us of the lesson. We had hearts all around the auditorium. They're on the wall. They're all over the place. The heart reminds us that God is a loving Savior. He has a name, Emmanuel. Now, with the younger kids, well, I did. I apologize. My horse keeps falling off. Okay. I lose weight and my clothes fall off. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm okay with that. We had these jewels hidden all around the church. The first one was the green jewel. It tells us a story of two, the first two people that were ever born. Do you remember who that was? Raise your hand if you remember who the first two people who ever were. Briggs. Adam and Eve in the garden, the magnificent, awesome garden, garden. God put Adam and Eve there. They had, everything was perfect. Everything was going great. And then they left from the green jewel, and they had to go find the dark jewel. Even though they were in this perfect garden, boys and girls, Satan tricked Eve. He said, God told you not to eat of this tree, right? God said, you can eat from anything except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan told Eve, tricked her, said, eh, that's not true. You don't have to believe that. You're not going to die. You'll just be like God. Go ahead, taste it. It's the yummy. It's the best fruit. So what do you see on both ends of that fruit? Okay, let's see. Someone, someone has either. Okay. What is that? A bite mark. So Satan says, go ahead and take it. She took the fruit. And what did she do with it? She ate it. It was good, right? Did she keep it to herself? No, she gave it to Adam. And he also heard what God said not to eat that, but he also took a bite from that. And then sin entered the world. Boys and girls, we are all sinners. Everyone has done something wrong. Then we came to the blue jewel. Blue reminds us of the color of a baby boy, right? Pastor Caleb, you just had a baby boy, right? Okay. Do you dress him in blue? Okay. Sometimes blue is the only thing you see baby boys in. But there was a baby boy born, very special. What's he lying in? Okay, someone not on the front. What's he lying in? Sonia, a manger. Who was the baby boy that was born in a manger? Jesus. Jesus was born. Do you know why Jesus was born? There's a reason the Bible tells us he was born to Paisley. Die. Takes us to our next jewel. It's the red jewel. 
This jewel is a, what's this have right here? What is that? Daniel. A cross. Jesus died on the cross. When Paul told them in Athens that Jesus died on the cross, they laughed at him, right? He came back to life. But that just showed us how much God loves us. He is Emmanuel. He's the God that is with us. He's a loving God. Now, if you trust in Jesus and you ask Him to be your Savior, you can experience God's love forever and ever. Which brings us to the last jewel. We had this up on the stage. It's the color gold. Can anybody understand what have an idea what this might be? All the way out there. Let me see. Uh, Rosie, what does, what does that symbolize? You got to say it real loud. All right, symbolizes heaven. The Bible tells us there's one city in heaven that has streets of gold. If you have trusted Jesus Christ, boys and girls, you get to spend forever and ever with Jesus in a place called heaven. It's where he lives. We have an animal pal. Can you bring that up, please? Jam the immortal jellyfish. Now, the first time I saw the immortal jellyfish, I was like, what's this? Well, I found out, and then Miss Tanya explained to us in science that this type of jellyfish, they're really tiny. They're only like 1.8 inches big. They don't live forever, but if, say, they get, a piece of it gets torn off, it goes back to the primeval source and starts all over. People have witnessed this, so, well, they're immortal. They live forever. Well, they don't really live forever. They can die of diseases. They can get eaten up. But if you tear something off them, they start all over again. Jam, the immortal jellyfish, may seem to live forever, but we can live forever with God if we trust Jesus. God is Emmanuel. And then it brings us to our last stop. We left Jellyfish Lagoon. We came on around. We came to the Makah Mountain. Now, we got to the Makah Mountain there's something special right here. Can anybody see what this is? Okay. Eleanor. It's a diamond. I have a fake diamond ring. Okay? Yeah. If I had a diamond this big, hey, I wouldn't need to work anymore. <laughs> this is made out of plastic. It's not real. People that wear diamond rings... It's because diamonds are very, very valuable. They are. Not only are they very, very valuable, they're very, very hard. I told the boys and girls, my mother, when I was a little boy, was wiping off the uh, frost off her window and took a rag, went, and put three streaks through our windshield. A diamond will cut glass easily. But a diamond, though it is very valuable, is very hard. It reminds us that God is trustworthy. Can you bring that up? Before we get to the... Uh, uh, about David. All right. God is trustworthy. We love Him. We should live for Him. That God is much more valuable than any diamond. I don't care how big. He's more valuable than all the money in the world. But we had a, a story in the Bible 
That talks about a boy who learned to trust God. It was David. David was a young teenager. His brothers were out fighting a battle. Now, we acted out the battle. We had the Philistines over here and the Israelite over here. We talked about they were on the Israelites on this hill. The Philistines were on this hill. And in between them was this valley. And the Israelites came out. They were going to do battle with the Philistines. And the Philistines presented somebody with them. They had a hero, a giant. His name was what? Okay, I see someone had... Caden. Goliath. Now, Goliath was nine feet tall. Pastor Michael's 5'8". So I put a piece of tape over here on the wall so you can understand how big nine feet is. If you look up here, this blue tape up here, that's marked at nine feet. So if I'm 5'8", and that's nine feet, nine feet's only just a little bit taller than me, right? It's a lot taller. We don't have anybody in this world that's nine feet tall. I think the tallest man we have is seven foot, eight inches. He's bigger than anyone that's alive right now. Philistine army hero Goliath walks out and he looks at the wimpy Israelites and he goes, ha, you believe in this God. You think he is the ruler. You think he's God Almighty. You think he's with you. Oh, he's nothing. And he made fun of them every day for 40 days. And then little old David, his dad sent him to the battle zone. He said, brought some food for his brothers. And when he got there, it was right when Goliath was making this um, plea. He goes, who's going to fight him? Nobody would do it. David said, I'll fight him. They took David to uh, Saul. Saul said, well, if you want to fight him, put on my armor. And David put on his armor, and we dressed the boys up with the armor. Uh, we can't do this. And they threw off the armor. The Bible says that David trusted God because he delivered him before over the lion and the bear. He says, I can beat this uncircumcised man. He doesn't even believe in God. God is with us. The Bible says that David came down with nothing but his sling, picked up a few rocks from the brook as he approached Goliath. Goliath ran at him with his armor on. And Pastor Dave told us that it was 125 pounds. That's a lot of armor. As he ran to him, he was ready to stab David. Remember? What did David do? Okay, Briggs? Okay. I need you to stand over here. I want you to be David. Okay? And I'll pretend to be Goliath. And I want you to take your weapon. This is one of my socks. It's clean, okay? <laughs> All right. David took the slingshot, spun it around, and he hit Goliath with it. And Goliath fell down dead. God is the ruler. He is the king. But most importantly, we can trust him no matter what. Thank you, Briggs. All right. To illustrate that, I'm going to ask for a volunteer. Joanne, I see that hand. Come here, please. Uh, you want me to use dum-dum? 
Dum-dum, can I use you? Okay. You thought Dum-dum was going to rescue you, huh? I did. All right. We're talking about trust. Yeah. Okay. Do you trust me? Yeah. Okay. We're going to see how much she trusts us. I want you to turn and face the shark over there. Am I going to get wet? You're not going to get wet. Uh, okay. Okay. There's usually, there's something to do with getting wet. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. We're not at water day. I don't have anything to get you wet. Okay. All right. I know you broke your arm, you're injured, and all that stuff. Okay. I want you to do me a favor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want you to put your, fold your arms in front. Okay. Face that way over there. All right. You say you trust me, right? Yes, I trust you. Okay. I'm going to catch you, but I need you to fall backwards. Okay? So just cross your arms and just fall back. If I fall backwards, I'm going to hit the floor, and that will hurt. That's kind of scary. Okay. Well, I guarantee you, it won't hurt me a bit. <laughs> if you turn around, face that way over there. I asked you, could you trust me? So, so you're going to catch me? I am going to catch you, I promise. So I won't hit the floor. So you will not hit the floor. Okay. Okay. Well, I do trust you. Okay. okay. Are you in the right spot? Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> All right. Miss Joanne, you trusted me, okay, to hold you up. But you can trust God no matter what. He is always to be trusted. Now, boys and girls, men and women, we just went through five days of vacation Bible school. I'm sorry, Dave, I went 35 minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> He's timing me. <laughs> 37 minutes now, okay. <laughs> You can take it out of my pay, okay? All right. I, we had such a great time at Vacation Bible School. We had 68 boys and girls that were registered. Uh, 59 was the most we had in a single day. But even though the boys and girls came, they had snacks and games and uh, science and crafts and lighthouse lessons with Pastor Dave and myself and Miss Joanne, the some of them came and they learned a lot about God. Some have come to get to know who God is for the first time. And we praise God for that. Pastor Dave, before you pray, okay, uh, we have a video of Haven on the Rock. Pastor Caleb, we waited five days for Vacation Bible School for it, right? We have it today. Can you show that? <laughs> 